When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome to The View from the Gladys Street podcast. I'm your host, Ian Kroll. The international break is over and Premier League football is almost back. My guests today are here to talk all things Everton. On the agenda, we've got a season review so far, a West Ham preview, We'll look through Silver's mountain injury problems. We'll discuss Morgan Snarden's defence of his bad attitude. And we will examine the latest Farhad Mashiri news. There's that and plenty more. Firstly, I just want to thank our listeners. Your time spent listening to us um, is much appreciated. Listeners can uh, subscribe to the podcast via iTunes as well as the Acast app. All you need to do is search Royal Blue and subscribe. There you will find the View from the Glad Street podcast episodes. My guest today, I'm making only a second appearance on the show, is John Howard. Evening. Hello, John. Uh, good to have you. Good to have you back. Certainly good to be back. Thank you, Ian. I'm back on the show after a few weeks off. We've drafted them back in. <laughs> is uh, Tom Clark. Hello, Tom. Hi, how are you? How are you doing? Not bad, yeah. Happy to be back. Good, good stuff. Um, lads, I just want to talk about how boring the international break has been over the past week or so. Terrible, isn't it? Oh, sorry, I've only just woken up. Yeah, it's no, it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's not. You know, you want your international team to do well, but for me, international football. I'm sitting there trolling through Twitter and Sky Sports. I'm just concerned the Blues get back all safe, which, as we know, quite a few of them haven't. Exactly. So, Injury list mounting up. Yeah, I think we've got more injured than we've got fit at the moment. So it's uh, a bit of cause for concern with uh, Sunday's game. I was just like I was watching the England game last night. And I fell asleep halfway through the first half, and I didn't even realise England had won till <laughs> till like this morning. It's just it's just terrible. Um, anyway, let's go straight into Everton talk. Um, we're going to start with a, a season review so far segment. Um, John, we'll start with you. Um, four league games in, one cup game. Uh, we've got six points, scored ten goals, and conceded seven. Um, and a manager who loves to play, um, Zola Marken. What have you made of it so far? Do you know what? I'm going to turn around and give it a thumbs up. I think I think it's been a good start to the season. I say good, but I think it's been good. Mm. You know, it kind of reminds me of the article we did for three four three football, which I thank you for, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with your answers you gave me. I think we've done well. We could have always been better, but we're having a football club. I think we should always be looking to improve. I think the one big thing is zonal marking, but I think. You know, what four games in and a cup game, we're still undefeated. We're scoring goals, and we look like we want to score goals, and I think that's very important for the team. You know, you say it, and like, let's you know, f- not forget the guy we had last season towards the back end. I don't think his teams even wanted to score goals. I think the thought of playing attractive football was alien to them. Yeah. So, I think Silver's instilled a bit of a a bit of a new belief, and I think there's one or two lads who are maybe stepping up to the plate, and maybe one or two lads that still need to do it. But I'm giving it a thumbs up. I think Huddersfield was a bit of a downer, but. Yeah, I think we've done all right for the start. Tom, like we said, a few weeks off from the show, has optimism dwindled since uh, since last time you were on? 
We've had more bad luck again, haven't we? I think uh, I know we had some bad luck with refereeing decisions, but now it's the injuries and suspensions just keep on piling up. It's ridiculous. Um, it's not what Marco Silva would hope for. I think he, what we've seen now is promising for a sta- from a style of play. I think we should have picked up more points from the games that we've had. Uh, we're still undefeated, obviously, but we should have picked up a couple of wins there uh, more than we did. It's a shame, but uh, it's just been unlucky, terribly unlucky so far. Even with the new signings and the ones we've played, international break hasn't done us any good either. It's, mm. it's, it's pretty terrible, to be honest, but hopefully that'll pick up soon because looks, our luck's got to come round sometime. Well, I'm going to ask uh, John and um, Tom four four questions and four one four four answers from them four players. Um, standout player of the season so far. Um, who surprised you the most? Whether that's good or bad. Room for improvement, as well as who's disappointed you the most, John? Again, we'll start with you. Um, standout player of the season so far. I'm gonna wear. Go a little bit off piece there, and he's a player I have slagged before online and verbally. Uh, I'm going to go with Schneidlin. Okay. You know, I think I think we missed him against Bournemouth. I think that was noticeable. I don't particularly care for his actually last season. However, he's beginning to show he's the kind of player that one we need, and two, I think he's beginning to show he's the kind of player that Evertonians want. You know, I think he's knuckled down. I think I think he's got on with things. You know, and I know he's given that interview, and we'll come to that later, but. He's for me. He's shown great application, great attitude, and I think if you're a good player and you're a quality player, whatever football club you play for, you'll get away with maybe showing a bit because a week's a long time of football. And I think for what I've seen so far, I think Snyder looks decent in the midfield, particularly alongside Gay. I'm going to be really interested to see who you're surprised is because I would have thought for me I would have put Snyder under that because I think he's definitely improved from last season. I know he got injured, but if, if I was going to answer that, I think. He'd be under me most surprised. So come on, who's your surprise then? Is this surprise good or surprise bad? It's up to you. It could be someone who's, who's done bad. Yeah, good. I'm surprised bad and I absolutely adore the guy and he's had a rotten roller. I'm going to have to go with Coleman. I'm a massive, massive Seamus Coleman fan. I think Seamus Coleman has become a victim of his own ability. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we obviously we want him fine at, at literally the top, you know, top of the tree, but... I think he's almost become a bit headless chicken. Like it's hundred percent commitment, and I'll never slag him off. Mm-hmm. But you know, some of that delivery, where in the past it was pinpoint, yeah. now it seems to have I've gone a little bit around, a little bit erratic. And I, I don't buy in that. You know, the captaincy or the, the talk about him becoming the, the captain has got him. I just think he's having a little dip in form. But I just think, particularly when Everton, let's be honest, are going to go with a new back four, and he's going to be the oldest one of it, kind of thing, or certainly the most experienced in Everton ranks. I think he has disappointed a little bit because I do think he, he looks a little bit headless chicken. Whereas in the past, I think Seamus Coleman was technically brilliant and his attitude mirrored that. Do you think our expectation of as fans are too much at the moment for Seamus Coleman? Because he's probably one of our better players. Yeah, I do. And, you know, going into this season, we expected yeah. a lot from him, yeah. didn't we? I do. I think we've looked at that back four last season. And I think, again, another favourite of mine, I think we think Baines is... is certainly coming to his end I think you'd have to say the same about Jags uh, Holgate is a little bit raw I think we're looking at possibly having three new players alongside Seamus Coleman and Seamus Coleman almost being our new leader mm-hmm. so I do think expectations are a little bit high but I think it's something that Seamus will handle you know I know he's out for a little bit now I just pray he gets back but I think he's the kind of lad that will take it in his stride and I think he'll he'll be acutely aware and he'll be the most aware of his dip in form he won't need anyone to tell him you know, he will be his own worst critic. And 
you know what, I think he'll thrive on the fan. Give him a couple of weeks. When he gets back, I think he'll thrive on the mm. fan expectation. Okay, so you've got Snardland standout player so far. You've got Coleman has surprised you, um, not on a, a good uh, in a good way. Who's room for improvement? Room for improvement. Uh, I'd probably say uh, maybe go with someone like Holgate. Okay. I think Holgate is a cracking young player. I really do like him, and I don't buy this issues championship that I've heard. Say, well, red shirt and blue shirt about him, but I think well, at what point, guys, does it get to being he's the young player and well, actually now now he's an established first teamer. I, I don't know if he's at that level yet, yeah. but I certainly think he's got the ability to be. I think he's one of the most naturally gifted defenders we have at the club, and maybe more competition will keep him up. But I think at the moment, maybe because he's been thrown at the deep end with our defensive injuries, I do think he's got. I think maybe he's got to come on even quicker than he has done before. I think there's a lot of players in the squad yeah. like that. Dom- Dominic Harvard-Lewin, Kenny, you know, they're all young players. Who, even Tosin yeah. could maybe look a little bit more room for improvement. I think there's very few that you've looked at and gone, wow, I think as a collective we could all get a little bit better. And I think we will. Bear in mind, we've still got to bed a, new, a lot of new signings in. So I, I think the future's bright. I think Holgate will improve. I, th- I think he's got a bright future out of it. Tom's human there because you've probably just taken Tosin as room for improvement <laughs> there, haven't you? <laughs> um, Sorry, Tom. Who's disappointed you the most then? Someone who maybe, you know, a lot of expectation at the start of the season who just hasn't quite cut it in the in the games that we've had. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, uh, disappointed me the most is a difficult one, but I'll probably go... With I probably have to go with Tom Davis. See, okay. I, I'm, I'm a romantic. I want Tom to do well. I, I, I think he's more than just your, you know, scouse lad who, who likes to wear flamboyant clothes. I do think there's a player in there, whether it's a top class player for Everton, but you know, he hasn't disappointed me with his attitude. I think I love the fact that he wants the ball at every opportunity. What he has disappointed me is you get over your. You scored a great goal against Manchester City. You know, you're in there because you deserve to be in there. Mm-hmm. If the manager picks you, Marco Silva's not, you know, a man of sentiment. He is a man who wants to win. If you're in there, you can't act like the young kid. I think you've, you know, and yes, he is a young player, but I think he's got to start showing, do you know what, I need to justify here. And, and you know, if there's a simple choice of playing a pass sideways, do it. You don't have to look for the spectacular every time and run into a cul-de-sac. So I'll probably go Davis because I, I do think there's, I think he's not, he needs to start playing against his stereotype, really. Okay. Tom, do you agree with any of those? And if you don't, um, who are your players that you're picking? Um, I agree with pretty much all of what John said, to be honest. Um, like They would have been my answers too, but the, the only one that we haven't mentioned, which I thought, um, not a disappointing performance-wise, but I've been disappointed to see his legs go. As much as we love Leighton Baines, it's sad to see. It's just He's not what he was, is he? And he still puts the effort in, but he just sometimes can't get back and things like that. And it is sad to see because he is everything through and through and he, he puts his everything into it still, even uh, even if he hasn't got the legs he had before. But it is sad to see him going da- uh, downhill a little bit. But I think it's time for Dean to step in. And um, yeah, he'd be my disappointing one, but not because of his performances, only just because how good he was and seeing his legs go a little bit. But uh, yeah, I agree, Tom Davis as well. Um, I'd, I'd put him down for my improvement rather than disappointing, though, because I think. He, there's a player in there I know you spoke about it in the, the podcast last week but um, he, there is a player in there and I know a lot of people are trying to label him and say like w- what is he then like what type of player is he but he just he's an Everton player and he puts us out into it and he's he's, pretty, he's exactly what we want to see so we can't be a, I'm not liking this criticism that we're seeing, we're seeing of him and stuff like that because he he, he's a proper Everton player and we should give him a chance but 
he has been disappointing recently, so that's uh, why I've put him down for room for improvement. But yeah, I think whether he have a, a loan spell or not, or just a run out the team back to the under twenty three something like that, he just needs need definitely room for improvement. Tom Davis, yeah, yeah. Um, for what it's worth, my four, uh, and I can't believe no one said this. By the way, Richarlison, a standout. Um, we leave no one for you, Ian. Uh, well, that's what it is. That's <laughs> yeah. what it is. Um, he's my standout. Surprised I've gone for Snyderlin because I still think he's obviously not turned the corner as such, but he's he's maybe coming back and obviously the injury's a bit of a setback, hasn't it? Um, room for improvement to go for Davis. And most disappointed, they're going to go for Seamus Coleman. I love Seamus, I do. Um, like we said, maybe our expectations are slightly too high for him. Um, but... Again, his final ball into the box this season has not been the best, and hopefully that will improve over the next couple of games. Um, moving on then, Evan, in typical Everton fashion, I've got a mountain injury list, haven't I? Um, are we worried by this by this uh, ever-growing list at the moment? Yeah, I've been frustrated by it all season, to be honest. It's like We're going into a Premier League season, a new era, and we're not at our best. I know I've said this quite a lot, but it's just so annoying that we, we're not what we could be. And it's, it's like... We, we just need to be. It's that time where we've been thrown into the season, and this is this is crucial. I know it's only the start of the season, but it's still crucial points that we're dropping because we've got these players who are out who should be in and should be making an impact, but they're not because there's so many injuries and it keeps growing as well. And now even some of our cover now, like Dominic Carvalhoon, is just getting into a little bit of form, mm. and he's he's it's so frustrating to see him injured now after a couple of good games and a couple of goals as well. But and then um, John Joe Kenny's gonna have to be thrown into the spotlight as well now. I know we had a good game against Rotherham, but he's going to have to be chucked in there. There's a lot of pressure on him. I know there was pressure on Coleman, but even more so for the young John Joe Kenny. But, yeah, it is really frustrating and um, a bit of a worry, to be honest. Yeah, hopefully some of them will come back soon. I think some of them are due within the coming weeks, like the new ones, Mina Gomez, Bernard, will be back in the next couple of weeks. So there is something to look forward to. We were all open just after the international break. They'd come back, but it looks like it might still be a couple of weeks. And uh, obviously it's mountain, so there's a few more, but... Hopefully, fingers crossed, as soon as possible, they'll be back. John, the list insane, isn't it? Like You've got the likes of McCarthy's long-term. Mm. You've got Walcott now there, Keane, Jagielka, yeah, Guy, Mina, Gomez. Just typical Everton, eh? Well, we don't do things by half, do we? It's not just one or two injuries with Everton. It tends to be a mountain injury list. To give it a different perspective, we have to put 11 players out. And, you know, many a time have we not seen... With players being out, other players getting the chance. You yeah. know, you know. With I, I keep going back to Marco Silva. I do think he's instilled a new mentality. You know, and there could be a lad sitting there whose name we all know and not even thinking about that. Maybe is relishing his opportunity. You know, maybe a change of formation, a change of position, stuff like that. So the thing with us is, it's almost like if, if you're going away to Chelsea, Arsenal, uh, Man United, mountain injury list. Well, are you really expecting? To get much of it. the fact that we've got West Ham, a team that we statistically usually stick it to, basically, mm. it now becomes even more pressure because injury list or not, with West Ham, the onus is on us to go and win the game. And now, you know, does Dal get a shot? You know what I mean? I mean, it is the possibility of playing Baines and Dina. I don't yeah. know, but Marco Silva certainly got a a selection headache and not not a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, then, so we've discussed him just briefly there, Ma- uh, Morgan Snydlin. Um Just want to talk about his, his interview that he did with the Times in the week. Um, Paul Joyce, uh, Northern, Northern correspondent. He um, he basically, or effectively, put last season's um, you know bad attitude or whatever down to bad form. 
do you, do you guys accept that or did he have a bad attitude? He was just disappointed, wasn't he? I think uh, a lot of the players had their heads down. There was a lot of rumours going around at that time, not just the uh, Schneider and Morales one. There was also ones about uh, Davis and the ass and they're all bullying the camp, causing a big faction or something crazy like that. But mm. obviously, there was a lot of heads going down. It was a bad time for the team. Um, everyone was frustrated, really. So I suppose you'd expect him to be frustrated if he's if he's been told he's out of the team. He's obviously going to be frustrated. And um, I don't think... He should have stormed off like as, as such, but I think he he justified himself a little bit. But he showed his passion, I suppose, because he's gonna be he's gonna be peed off when he's been left out of the team, and he's he's obviously not happy. So uh, we, we'd expect a certain level of passion. So I think uh, it it's not an awful thing, and I know he's come back to form this season. So he's obviously a, a trier. So uh, I know we see him walking sometimes, but I think it, there's definitely a player in there, and his comments were not too bad for me. I think he's justified himself. Yeah. John, the club haven't come out and denied this, or mm. anyone's really come out and denied this. It, Morgan Sadlin's, you know, done this interview by himself, yeah. and he basically said that um, Duncan Ferguson said he, he seemed tired and mm. allowed him to leave the pitch. Do you know, do you accept that as a an excuse or a reason why? I, I, I you know, I've, I've you've heard me praise Morgan Sadlin, and, and fantastic player. I really, think he's got a lot about him. No, not really. I do think about Morgan Snydlin. I, I do think if his attitude, which he's showing a decent attitude, he really is. He's getting him that he had down, matches his, his ability. You know, I do think Morgan Snydlin's got a bit of the spoiled kid shrugs his shoulders. Not my fault. You know, and I think you see when you've got your ability, you've got loads and loads of ability. It kind of you get forgiven quicker. However, you'd also get condemned a little bit harder. And I think with Schneidlin, you know, the fact that he did put his head down, well, this is not, you know, let's, let's not all forget it, lads. He earns, what, £120,000 a week? Mm. You know, and it's a classic cliche, isn't it? Any one of us sitting here, Evan could give me ten grand a week. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll be frustrated for 90 minutes, but I'll tell you what, my heart and soul will be left on the pitch. You know, OK, I know he was a bit of a special. You look at Tim Cale. When Tim Cale got dropped, certainly in his early career, what did Tim Cale come on and do? Verbally come off the bench to score mm. and then give, you know, Moyes their... That's why he shouldn't drop me. And I do think Morgan Sladlin has not so much the Kale explosiveness, but certainly the ability to run a game. So I'd like to see maybe him running a few more games and maybe not running his mouth as much. But you know what? Well, that's just hard to worry, but that's the thing, though, isn't it? Like Everton fans seemingly put this to bed because they were giving mm. him another chance. So mm. is the timing a bit strange to come out and be, you know, giving your side of the story? If did it really need coming out and, and saying it? Not really, no. But it probably sells newspapers for Paul Joyce, doesn't it? I mean, I, I don't know if the interview was done recently or as he sat on this, I probably suspect it was done recently. Yeah. So yeah, I have to agree. I think it's almost now you'll get a hardcore Everton fan base who will be thinking, what's his problem? Whereas I think he was actually, you know, there was a place for him. Mm. You know, and I, you could see him linking up well with Gomez and Gay and, and players like that. And I just think it's, it's a confusing one for me. It's a bit of a... Mm. He's obviously felt like he's had to get it off his chest. Yeah. But like I say... He's he's been back in the team. He's played relatively well. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's played great to be honest. I think mm. he's played. I think he's played okay. I think he's he's done well. Mm. And then he's got injured, so that's obviously hampered it. But then to just come out and be like, "Well, this is what happened," and I want to get my side of the story across. Well, is anyone bothered really? Yeah, yeah. someone is. <laughs> obviously, bothered. people were bothered. Yeah, he's bothered, isn't he? Yeah. He, maybe it, to me, it does smack a little bit of surliness. Whereas I don't know about you guys, but I think my ethos would be. Get your head down and play. Yeah. Make yourself unplayable. Get yourself fit. Yeah, and stuff get like more that. fans talking about you the right way. Now you should be talked about on Twitter rather than you know 
given interviews that maybe didn't need to be given. I don't, he's got his reasons, but for me, lads, it's a baffling one. Yeah. Tom, so where does Snyderland fit in in terms of pecking order then? Because when everyone's fit, when you think of Everton's centre mid uh, options, we've got um, McCarthy, long term, obviously injury, but he, he, you know, he's effectively an Everton player. Um, Guy, Davis, Gomez, Dahl, and to a lesser extent, Beningamy. Is Snyderland ahead of any of them? And then is he one of the first names on the team sheet in that centre midfield? I'd say one of the first. I think um, the system that I think Silva will implement uh, later on the season when he has the options, I think you play a number six with two um, kind of box-to-box more attacking midfielders either side of him. So um, I think he kind of said at the start of the season Snyderland will play that number six role and he will be one of the first names on the team sheet if we can't really sign anyone else. But I think with Gomez coming in, he might play, play that role because I can see him. I know he's number eight, but I can see him playing the number six role. So I can see Schneiderlin maybe being back up to Gomez because I don't think he's going to play in. I don't think either Gomez or Schneiderlin are going to play in one of those attacking roles. It's going to be one of them or both of them playing in number number six role. So I think Gomez is a little bit better than him as well. So maybe he'll play back up to him yeah. later in the season when he's fifth. But um, he's he's performed well this season, so I think he is capable of being a good number six. But I've been quite impressed by him compared to last season anyway because he was atrocious last season but I remember when he first came and everyone was talking about him like some kind of Rolls Royce saying he was a majestic player and stuff like that and then that just completely got knocked down last season and I think he's building his way back up to that but it's never going to get back to that after what happened but yeah I think he could be back up to Gomez but maybe not my starter later in the season when we've got everyone back fit John just finally then on it has, has he done enough at this moment in time to win Everton fans back? I think you've got to wait till after Saturday. A week's yeah. a long time for football. He, he seems to be a bit of a yo-yo player, doesn't he? As again, what Tom said, he was talked about. My God, you know, you get the daft comparisons to players, great players past after a couple of good games. And at the moment, I think he's done enough to win Everton fans back in the sense that you'd rather see him in your midfield than say Tom Davies. I think the vast majority of Everton fans. So I think. Needs must when the devil drives or City when the injuries drive, he'll be in if he's fit. Yeah. So the only time will tell. I mean, this could all be I want to move in January kind of thing. Well, you know, we're just gonna have to wait and see, aren't we? We certainly will. Um, let's move on then. Um, Tom, big news this week. Um, Farhad Mashiri has bought more shares in the club. Um, he's increased the stake to sixty-eight percent, and he's got to increase it by July 2019 to 77%. Um, they're the rough numbers. Um, this is obviously a good thing for Everton Football Club, do you think? Finally, he's taken over, seeing the back of Bill Kenwright even more. <laughs> We've been waiting for it to happen for so long, and finally, I think it's been brought forward as well. Um, I'm not sure if I'm right on that, but I thought it was going to. meant to happen a little bit later, and it's been brought forward. It's been like brought that. forward, yeah. Yeah, so... I think everyone's just get on with it. Get on with the stadium move. Get on with the funding. Obviously, Bill Kenwright can't facilitate that because we've seen so many fall through in the in the past. Mercedes a man who wants to properly take the club forward and make a solid step towards his new stadium within a few years. And uh, he's obviously got a plan in place, so he's the, he's the man to take us forward. Um, it's definitely a massive change in the club, and I think his next step he'll be able to appoint new directors and get rid of some and stuff like that. So it can't come quick enough for me for him to fully take over the club. And uh, he's obviously got more money now, and he's he's got more control. So that's brilliant, and uh, I can't wait for him to fully take over. To be honest, John, what have you made of Mercedes so far? You know, since you know he came, is it February two thousand sixteen? So far, so good. I think, I think he's put his money where his mouth is. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be the first to say he's not been the most overly experienced at running a football club. Yeah. However, 
do you know what? I think he's been willing to learn from his mistakes, and I think he's been willing to sort of live by his his Wallace kind of thing yeah. about it. But he is a businessman, and and this is a funny thing I'm going to turn around and say is the fact that he's not a boiled blue kind of gives me a lot of hope in the sense that he wants to invest more, which would lead me to believe the stadium thing's happening. Because let, let's be honest with you, lads, you know, we, we go to work, we might love our job, but we do it for money. I think Moshiri's looked at it and thought, yeah, I can make money. Yes, I think he does enjoy the ethos of the club, but I think he's looking at the club and thinking, do you know what? Bit of a sleeping jar, this one. Get a new ground in. He's invested in the team, you know, and I've gone and got a manager, Koeman. Didn't work out. I'll go and get another manager. Had to get a manager in. Let's not mention him. And then he's he's wanted this guy, Silver. He's wanted him. It's not just, oh, he's picked the name out of a hat. He's wanted him. So... I personally think it's a massive thumbs up and it's what we needed, you know, I think Bill Kenwright does get a little bit of unfair treatment, however, you know what, sometimes you've got to let go of the past, respect your past, but you've got to let go of the past, look to the future, Moshir is without doubt our future. Yeah. Um, so and what does this mean for Bill Kenwright then, Is you know, at the club? It's less control, isn't it? Obviously, he's, uh, he's going to have to go at some point. I know um, he's hung around long enough, like, res- all the respect to him, he's done a lot for the club and that, but... Yeah. Um, he's kind of stuck on his ways a little bit and now we've got to move forward this is a revolutionary time for Everton Football Club and we've got to take the club forward and he's just keeping it back in the same place and now he's synonymous with the shoestring the budget time with David Moyes and it, it's not like that anymore it's completely different and uh, we've got to move forward and with a man like Fahad Mashiri he's, he's the man to do that so I think it's we've got to still have Kevin right there because he's a massive blue and he's done a lot for us but for Mashiri to step forward is def- definitely something that needs to happen uh, sooner rather than later but obviously Ken Wright's still there he's uh, he's done a lot so he deserves to be there but Mashiri's going to take over soon enough Absolutely um, John do you think this has got anything to do with Usmanov I mean and obviously I know it was this was going to happen anyway but any links do you think with regards to that Well it's the rumour that will not go away you know I mean That's because I, I, keep, I keep spreading yeah, it Yeah exactly why. yeah it's down to you yeah <laughs> yeah you know if Ian stops talking about it maybe in a book No, but no I'm definitely all, not going to stop No stop well, talking about you know it. what please don't please I will fall <laughs> out with you but obviously it looks like we've we've beaten off Charlton Athletic uh, well, <laughs> I have no idea what that's all about but uh, I'm not being funny Usmanov's another businessman and you know what the two rich people who, who are friendly, but I just think who's, who, I just I just think there's something there that I think Usmanov. If if Farhad needs me help, he's got it. I don't think he would come out and yeah, say yeah. that. I I I think he's going to be some sort of benefactor. Not sure how it will work and whether he'll take an executive role on the board, but you know, with friends like him, do you know what I mean? You can certainly battle your enemies. So yeah. I, I do think Usmanov's around and about, and I think, I think he's, I think he's going to be quite a useful component to Mashiri. I think he's going to have his own advisors, his own people. And I think Usmanov's one of them in any way, shape, or form. I'm not overly sure about how it's going to be, but I think think there's something there. Certainly another topic for another podcast. I think. God, yeah, another five podcasts if you invest. In it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right then. So I want to talk about. I hope you've um, have both read these comments because it'd be absolutely pointless me ringing it up <laughs> um did you see phil neville's merseyside derby comments you've been listening to the view from the gladys street podcast you've been listening to the view from the gladys street podcast yeah um so i'll just read a couple of them out um i feel like these have gone largely unnoticed by Everton fans whether they've just 
I haven't seen as much. I've been off the past two days, so I haven't seen as much fume on Twitter. So, like, tell me if I'm wrong. Um, I just feel like they've gone unnoticed and it's just been brushed aside because maybe it's Phil Neville. He's come out and said he hated playing in derbies. He felt like they were overhyped. Um, the build-up was too much. And, you know, he, he obviously had a terrible record as an Everton player, Everton captain. Yeah. Red cards, own goals, and obviously plenty of defeats. What what do we make of that? Like, is it is it just goes to show that he wasn't he wasn't fit or you know fit enough to be Everton captain? If it's gone unnoticed, it's probably because most Everton fans have unfollowed him on Twitter by this point. <laughs> I think yeah. a lot of people hate him by this yeah. point. But he, he said a few controversial stuff about Everton in the past on Twitter and stuff like that. But this is a fellow who got sent off, I think, twice in Merseyside derbies. Yeah, he threw his hand at the ball in the last few minutes. I remember for one of his red cards, he saved it off the line. And you would have thought he played over 200 games for Everton as a captain. You would have thought he'd, he'd be Everton through and through by that point. But he, he's not, and he hasn't been since he left. And these comments, I don't know if it's uh, to impress his big brother, who's, who's better than him, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Phil Neville, but uh, let's be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 this will be another Alan Shearer situation. But get no, him on, um, get him on. No, if you just... Um, I, I don't know if he fully got Everton, because someone who did wouldn't say things like that. It's, it's just... It's, it was sad, really. He said it was overhyped, and uh, more so than the Manchester derby, but obviously, if he understands Everton, he knows... The, the beef with Liverpool no, knows what goes on there and it is massive because obviously if we are like just outside the European places not in cup finals every year and stuff like that the Liverpool match is a massive match to us because it's a fight with our neighbours basically isn't it like within the family and stuff like that it's a massive match and he just doesn't understand it it seems to me and it's sad so John like obviously we can have a laugh about it there because you know it's happened in the past but one thing that like probably isn't a laughing matter. I, f- I feel like Phil Neville was suffering from anxiety at the time of playing for Everton, and it's just not what you want as an Everton captain, is it? Well, it might explain our our record in in derbies. You don't know. I mean, I, I've I've stuck up for him in the past. I've said thought Phil Neville was a good captain, thought he was a good leader. Uh, I thought he had the winning mentality at Man United. But one thing I always found about Phil Neville is he, he's not an Everton fan, and that's that's fine. You're not yeah. going to buy eleven Everton fans. You're not going to have Everton fans running your club, but. I do think with sometimes with Phil Neville, he, he does, whether it's his training, if you like, at Man United, a lot of them players, class nights, they all speak reasonably well, even Scholes doesn't like talking, but it's almost like at the moment, and this is not me being a typical paranoid Evertonian, there does seem to be a bit very anti Everton sta- you know, stance. I mean, we ruined the transfer window, apparently. Yeah, national media. Yeah, na- exactly, you know, and with this, with that, than the other, and. and I think Phil Neville's almost like buying into that. He's almost like, well, which which way is the uh, the tide turning? Mm-hmm. I, I'll do that. And do you know what? If if you've if you've got anxiety and, and stuff, it, it's a terrible thing. But do, do you know what I mean? You, maybe but, because he was at Man United and Man United were predominantly winning everything and sort of had no parallels, he's come to Everton and not really understood. But as Thompson, you, you're not contesting cup finals at Everton as much as we should be. Well, you know, you know. So the derby was a big thing, and it was your chance to put one over on your brother or have the bragging rights in the boozer, you know. And I, I, I don't think Phil, looking about Phil Neville, clearly didn't get Everton. I think he was maybe just a more polished version. Of, he was a media man in saying he, when he was on the pitch, mm. you know. You see it all. Well, you used to see it all the time. Carragher and Gerrard, mm. um, you know, said used to love playing in derbies. Mm. When the fixtures came out, it was the first game they looked for because they loved playing yeah. in the derbies. They loved getting yeah. over getting one over on Everton and it showed didn't it and Phil Neville has come out a couple of years later after retiring from football mm. saying he hated playing in derbies mm. just like I, co- I can't believe the comments and the, the quotes from him to it's be honest it's a bit like a kick in the teeth really it is, it? A little, it is a kick you in know, the teeth you look at I'm sure everything we're all on Facebook groups here but uh, look at what Tim Cale says about derbies 
and they are just you know there was a man who just clearly fell in love with Everton and yeah. understood exactly and look well he got goals. it though didn't he because he, he, he flourished yeah you know how many times did he knock one in at Anfield scored a good you know Goodison he must think he scored what was it five six derbies which considering the time he spent with us wasn't a bad record you know I mean, I don't want to, you know, slay Phil Neville too much, but obviously I'm disappointed in them comments. There's a few, you know, few moments from Phil Neville's Everton career, which I think probably just, you know, a handful. I think the one um, scored a penalty against Chelsea and he scored the penalty against United in the yeah, semi-final United, as well. Yeah. You know, big enough to step step up for that. Um, just wasn't enough, though, was it? It wasn't enough. No, he was just a messenger on the pitch, really. I thought... Uh, I don't know, he got played in a couple of positions. I know that he was a defensive midfielder and a right back, but he just seemed he wasn't by by the time he got to Everton, he wasn't that good. He was just a messenger for Moyes and that's I think he came out and said that as well. Oh, I was I was Moisey boy, I was a bit of a teacher's pet and I wasn't liked and stuff like that. That's what he was. He wasn't a good footballer, he was literally just a messenger and that's why he was captain. And I think he was bored to be captain though, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. probably. Uh, I think Moyes was out for the lead and he got him. I kind of goes back to Tom what I said before. I think if you are a good player, and let's be honest, Everton fans, like most football fans, will spot a good player. Phil Neville, in the nicest possible way, he was of limited ability. He was a guy who made the best of what he had. If he'd have had the flair of Arteta, maybe people would have allowed him to get away with a little bit more, but he mm. wasn't. So it was all about 100% effort and leadership. And now he's come out and well, the nice possible way he's given Evan a bit of a kick in the teeth, really. Mm. You know, I, I, again, much like the Morgan thing, to me, why, why now? Being a bit uncalled for, really. I yeah. don't, you know. He's obviously just being asked the question, hasn't yeah. he? He's going to answer it, but we'll always have the Phil Neville step over. That's what we'll always have, <laughs> won't we? Yeah. Mm. Um, all right, moving on then. Moving on quicker, quicker here, aren't we? Um, we will discuss the West Ham game. West Ham Everton Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening four o'clock. Um, last twelve games that we played West Ham, we've won six, drawn four, and lost two. Um, although one of those draws was in the cup, which we lost on penalties. Um, what are we What are we making of it, John? Like we said before, I mean West Ham Goodison's one of them games, and, and there's no such thing as an easy game. But it's one of them games that you look at and think, yeah, a few goals, three points. I think with the injury list, it'll either go one or two ways. It'll be very nervous, very tentative thing, or you'll get someone perhaps stepping up. And and doing something and, and making a name for himself, but you know there's always that thing, isn't it? If a striker is looking to end his drought, go to Goodison Park. You know, if a player's looking to have a good game, go to Goodison Park. West Ham haven't got one single point. Just going to be typical, isn't it? Yeah. That's what but you know what? I'm going to go against type. I think we'll win. I should hope so. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and exactly, you know, let's go back. Well, Mr. Crotty saying like cautious optimism, but let's let's go with the optimism. I, I'm going to go for a win. Go on, just. Um, what, what score are we saying and what's your prediction I'll go with what we did to Southampton I think it'll be 2-1 two, 2-1 one. Two, I, one. I think we'll hit them early and then maybe clutching at the back towards the end can't give us a, a clean sheet no I'd love to be able to give us a clean sheet but I don't think Silva's doing clean sheets at the moment is he that's it yeah. um, Tom last time we played West Ham we got B3-1 and it turned out to be Allardyce's last game <laughs> just a little fact there <laughs> um, what is it with the, the West Ham Everton rivalry between fans at the moment because Look on Twitter if you're active on Twitter. Yeah. They hate us, don't they? We, I mean, we we kind of just laugh at them a little bit, but they they hate us. I don't know. <laughs> it's strange that I don't, I don't know why they hate us, but I, th- I think uh, they, I don't know. Um, we we were kind of like we're trying to do what Tottenham did, and West Ham are trying to do what we we we're doing at the moment. And yeah. they're kind of they're a step behind us, yeah, and yeah. maybe that's why they hate us. But because um, 
what's happened to them it really hasn't worked out I know last summer didn't really work out for us but we pulled it back but this season I, know, I think they're rock bottom around here and yeah. it's not going very well for them on or off the pitch and maybe they are a little bit bitter of what's happened they've spent a lot of money and they're just fuming that it's not worked um, I was reading the stuff about Karen Brady having an argument with the with the uh, stadium people and it's all, get, all going public off the pitch but on the pitch as well it's just not working is it and I think they are a bit fuming at the moment and um, I don't know what the beef they've got with Everton fans is for apart from that but yeah, I've, I do think it's going to be a bit of a cautious game because obviously it's two damaged sides. We're, we're quite damaged by injuries and suspensions and they're obviously damaged by what's happened to them this season as well and um, in the bad form. So I can't see goals in this one. I know we've said in previous matches this season there are going to be goals, but for this one I can see it just being a little just a, bit, a little bit scrappy, I suppose, and maybe just like a 1-1-2, one, one, something like that. Like, but I think uh, we've got to concede from zone mark and again, obviously, haven't we? So I think uh, <laughs> we, could, we won't have a clean sheet. But uh, if we are going to have a clean sheet, surely it's got to be against these really damaged team. They have got a, a few like tall players, massive like Ogbonna stuff like that. I can see him knocking one in. But um, I do think if we are going to get a clean sheet and make this zone mark and work, this is a chance to do it. Yeah, I think so. Um, so did you say your prediction then? Sorry, are you going to. Yeah, I'm going to stick myself to. A one-one. One-one. Bloody hell! I, I, I nearly swore then. <laughs> I don't want, I that's not optimistic. That's on. No, it's not. We've that's that's I, more cautious than optimism. Yeah, do you yeah, think? Do you think they'll be happy with the point? Then do you think they'll sit in? No, I, th- I think we're quite damaged at the moment, though, and it's it's sad that we're damaged, but I think we are, and uh, we're not at f- our f- full pelt at the moment, and it's disappointing because I do think if we were uh, at our strongest, we'll just wipe them aside. But it's sad to see that we're not. Do you not think they're a bit of the ass magic? Maybe he'll come Maybe on and one off his knee. Yeah. Yeah. He's due one, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what's a good job, Mark's not here. <laughs> the cop don't cautious optimism that he talks about. 1-1 yeah. one, one at home. 1-1 one, one at home, yeah. Wow. What's your prediction then, Ian? Um, I'm going to go 2-0 to Everton. I'm going to be really gonna optimistic. Go clean sheet, yeah. I'm going to go clean sheet. I'm going to... I'm going to think we're going to be quite solid. I think we'll be solid, but I, I don't think maybe West Ham will offer that much. Um, going forward, they'd be happy with the point. I still they? think that I think they'll be happy with the point. I yeah. just think it's vital. Obviously, ridiculous thing to say, but we score first. Oh, without doubt. Because yeah. if they score first, they're definitely going to sit in yeah. and they're just going to defend what the um, what, what they have. Yeah. And even if we do get a goal like we did against Huddersfield to make it one-one, they will still be happy yeah. with with a point. Um, so yeah, I, I think two-nil Sunday afternoon for it's on telly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, but we go to some park, which will be uh, fun. Um, Sold out as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, fellas. Well, um, I don't know whether I'm going to come away from this podcast feeling optimistic after what you've <laughs> just said, but well, uh, I, I did. I did go for the victory, though. You did go yeah. for a victory, yeah. two one. Yeah. Sorry about that pessimistically <laughs> yeah. coming out of it. Sounds all right, fellas. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, remember to subscribe on iTunes and the Acast app um, by searching the Royal Blue. Uh, for this podcast, you'll be able to find the view from the Gladys Street uh, shows there. If you want to get in touch and tell us uh, what you think, my Twitter handle is at IanCroll1. John's Twitter handle is jhowefc08. So that's jhowefc08. And Tom's is at TomClark40. Um, so, yeah, if you don't agree with them, if you do agree with them, get in touch. But please be nice. Um <laughs> to my guests John and Tom I appreciate your time and thanks for coming in uh, we'll be back on Monday and hopefully be reacting to a win over West Ham until then goodbye you've been listening to the view from the Gladys Street podcast